Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome, everyone, to Live Dharma Sunday for September 3rd, 2017. Koyo Kobose here. So very, very glad you joined us on this Labor Day weekend. Boy, the summer flew by. <clears throat> Central California, we're having a heat wave, triple digits, dry heat, but it's still hot. <laughs> And uh, yesterday, on Saturday, um, we had a a visitor to Bright Dawn Center here, um, Reverend Dr. Ron Nakasone and his wife Irene. And they had a visitor um, from Japan. She's an associate professor at Hyogo University and in religious studies. And she was doing, uh, well, I, I'm not sure how, uh, how how long her stay was, but um, she's going to return to uh, Kyoto, Osaka area uh, pretty soon. And she was doing research on Buddhism in Chicago. And so she went to Chicago and visited some temples there and, and, uh, so through our connection with the Nakasones, uh, he he said, well, we'd like to come visit. They were going to visit some people in Fresno, mutual friends they knew, um, uh, prior Jodo Shinshu minister, Jim Yanagihara, who's in an um, uh, assisted living facility there, and then this and that. And Nakasones are, are from the Bay Area, in the Fremont area, but three-hour drive, and he's the one who did the calligraphy dem, um, demonstration workshop where passed uh, the last induction we had, so he was familiar with our setup here, and so he thought it'd be good to to bring uh, Professor Honda uh, to Bright Dawn, and we had a very nice visit, and uh, <clears throat> Reverend Nakasone is originally from Hawaii. So we were talking about Hawaii and about um, 
you know, uh, the Jodo Shinchu scene, I guess you could call it, uh, uh, and uh, ministers and whatnot. And we were sharing memories of Al Bloom um, Sensei, who had passed away. And then, in fact, they were having a live streaming of his memorial service in Hawaii on Saturday. And um, I just read an email this morning that um, uh, one of his good friends, she's a listens in to this broadcast I know and she's part of the Alan 10 group and um, she was joining that live streaming that the uh, Bloom family he has a daughter and wife uh, as surviving family members and um, also son but they live stream and so a lot of people you know he was so prominent uh, uh University of Hawaii Emeritus. He was a, a former dean at the, the Institute of Buddhist Studies, the IBS in Berkeley, and uh, has written many books. So he was a giant uh, in uh, as a Jodo Shinshu minister and a scholar, first-rate scholar. Um, he, had, uh, he wrote an autobiography of his life, fascinating background, and, uh, you know, time is relentless, moves on, generations move on, and, um, but my point was, just this morning, she was sharing the fact that uh, uh, from this far distance, people could go, go to the live streaming, and they had a little button you could push. This is uh, that you could then say hello to Al Sensei and let him know that you're present. Uh, and that's a pretty nice touch, I thought. And and it made me think that because uh, Reverend Nakasona was saying. You know, the voice is something very powerful. Um, and others have said this too in the past where at a uh, memorial service or funeral, and you know, you rarely hear the deceased voice. And that, that that's something to think about, whether... Uh, I know it would be very powerful. Uh, have you ever been to a service, where, a memorial service or funeral, where the family, as part of the service, had uh, played uh, so that you could hear the deceased voice? I wonder whether, what kind of uh, experience that would be. You know, you uh, certainly would feel his his presence, um, and uh, okay, well, maybe make too many people cry, but uh, the voice, oh, um, uh, well, anyway, I was thinking about that, and uh, 
I don't know. I don't know. I'm. <laughs> I have to. I haven't even written a will or anything, but I do have some ideas about my service. I haven't given a lot of thought, of course, but you know, uh, uh, I should. Everyone should. Okay. And uh, well, of course, some people even have the, their funeral service when they're still alive. <laughs> is that I don't want to miss out on the celebration. Well, you know, all kinds of religious experiences. Well, I'm going to introduce our Dharma Glimpse guest, Morris Sekio Sensei, um, LM3, and he's doing good work in Florida. Uh, so let us hear from Morris Sekio Sensei. Hello, it's nice to be able to share a Dharma glimpse with you today. I wasn't always a Buddhist. My family's a Protestant Christian. And when I was a kid, we went to church. And some of these churches would have revivals once in a while where they'd set aside a week or so and people would go to services every night to reaffirm their dedication to their spiritual life. And back then there were these traveling religious groups who'd come into town, set up a big tent, kind of like a circus tent. They'd have what they'd call a tent revival. These were a big deal. They always had good speakers, and they'd have great singers and maybe a gospel quartet or something like that. wasn't much to do in these little West Texas towns where I grew up. No Internet, two or three TV stations in most areas. So people would go, if nothing else, just because it was kind of entertaining. I have an uncle that I really didn't like very much when I was a kid. In fact, I was terrified of him. He worked as a roughneck in the oil fields, which is hot, hard work. And he was a roughneck at home, too. Whenever I had to stay with my cousins, he would glower all through dinner, and I was really afraid of his temper. My uncle had absolutely no interest in religion. But my aunt wanted to go to this tent revival, so he took her. And one night, something the preacher said got through to him. My uncle looked at his life and didn't like what he saw. He made a vow to start over, to live a renewed, righteous life. Well, a few nights later, my uncle was awakened in the middle of the night by a noise. He got out of bed to investigate, went into the kitchen. So, look, I'm telling you this story as I heard it. I'm not going to say it's true or it's not true, but this is what I was told. He turned on the light in the kitchen, and the devil was in there, hiding behind the refrigerator. The devil attacked my uncle. They wrestled. My uncle won. Having defeated the devil, he was able to live the rest of his life, a changed man. I have no idea what actually happened in that kitchen that night. There is no doubt my uncle was truly transformed. He became a kind, friendly, funny person. He went from being the relative I liked least and was terrified of to one of my favorite relatives. He even worked his way into management in the oil company. That was over 50 years ago, and this transformation has stuck with him ever since. He remains devout in his faith, but he doesn't talk about it very much. He doesn't have to. He lives his spirituality. There's no need to talk the talk. He walks the walk. If you put that in Buddhist terms, you might say that during that revival, he got a glimpse into his true nature. And as a result of that moment, he went on to purify his karma with actions based on that nature. I might call it Buddha nature. He might call it the Holy Spirit. True transformations rarely happen when things are going well. I read William James years ago in the varieties of what of religious experience, he pointed out that we usually become most aware of the sacred when we're most in need of it. 
imagine it's easy to feel transformed when you're listening to a really impassioned sermon in a tent revival. But the real transformation happens when you go back to reality, when you're alone in the kitchen at 2 o'clock in the morning and you're forced to confront your own demons. Many of us long to discard habits and attitudes that weigh us down in exchange for lighter, more expressive ways of interacting with our world. At its heart, our Buddhist practice should offer this chance to create a renewed, more purposeful, freer life. My uncle and I no longer practice the same religion, but he's still an example to me because he still demonstrates that true transformation is possible if you only walk the walk. Very, very nice. I couldn't help thinking as I listen to um, uh, how different approaches or different religions have different techniques to make an impact to to where you have to testify or something that shakes somebody up, you know. And I wonder whether, you know, whether this is uh, evangelical types of things or emotional things, and maybe Buddhism is uh, kind of uh, abstract, dry, and more philosophical and uh, appeals to educated intellectual, uh, you know, rather than uh, real emotional kind of religious uh, experience. But I, I thought about, well, I know that uh, Sekyo Sensei uh, is active in the <clears throat> Todo Institute, uh, um, Greg Creech's work at, with the Nikon method. And that has an element of that where uh, very, you know, traditional uh, uh, based in Zoro Shinshu They call it warm. Some of the uh, Japanese th- therapies might be more rooted in Zen, which and and as you describe the techniques, it's oh, it's more it's kind of cool in terms of the emotionality. Um, and one of the techniques in Nikon, which means inner reflection, the literal translation means inner reflection, in which is the Buddhist. MO or modus operandi of you know what is their method to look within self introspection self reflection to know who you are or what you are or and there's a big emphasis on gratitude particularly well the three questions are uh, the technique is you you if they have a workshop you go and you you just reflect all day. <laughs> they have a kind of a support system, and you have to verbally report on what you what you found inside yourself. But there's no dialogue. You're behind a sort of a, a shoji screen, and a listener comes, and then you sort of exchange. Uh, it's not a social thing, but you say, hey, you know, I want to give my I don't know what they call it in Japanese, but, you know, I want to uh, share what I, what I, 
what I'm just experiencing right now. Okay. And uh, quite often, the part of the technique is to, to focus on all kinds of things. But when you focus on people, uh, one of the traditional ones, the first one to do is your mother. What did she do for you? That's the first question. Okay. And uh, how much trouble did you cause her? And, uh, uh, well, uh, and how much did you give back? Okay. This is sort of a, you know, uh, I'm thinking of a, of a uh, financial or monetary analogy where it's like, a, you know, Assets and liabilities. Okay, what did you receive that enriched your life? And you know, what kind of debt do you owe? <laughs> you know, the cash flow situation. And usually, you'll find that you received so much and you didn't give back much. <laughs> you know, you were you were greedy. <laughs> uh, and it doesn't matter whether the other person. was kind and doing something for you. It's just that, you know, because you have a relation, some kind of relationship that things happen. So it's not about intentionality of things. Uh, you, you think of all the things that she did that you received, okay, that helped you and so forth, okay, regardless of whether they intended to do it for you as a mother or as a friend or as a co-worker or as, or, you know, <clears throat> but especially a mother, you, 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 and you didn't mean to deliberately cause trouble, cause problems, make her life difficult, uh, but you did. She had to make you lunch every day. She had to, you know, all these things. When you, and uh, I did a real quick, it was about a half an hour uh, workshop, Nikon workshop at a, at a com, Jodo Shinshu convention on Labor Day weekend, Eastern District. Uh, you know, we were in Chicago, and uh, <clears throat> they had an annual Labor Day. They still do. EBL, Eastern Buddhist League. And one time I was one of the presenters for a workshop. And I did a Nikon workshop and I had the three questions. And we were in, you know, there's about 40, 40, 50 people in the hotel room. And I had them all face the the wall. Just do it individually. Told them the questions. I had a handout. And I, I said, okay, go with the first question. Okay, and I rang the bell. And I only timed it about 10 minutes, okay? Regular Nikon, you talk a long time. I mean, you you know, the session is all day, okay? This is only 10 minutes, okay? What did you receive from your mother? Okay. Then I ring the bell and I said, okay, now do the second question, okay? What kind of trouble, what kind of trouble, difficulties did you, you know, cause your mom, okay? 
How much? What did you give? Did you show? Did you reciprocate any kindness and you know so forth? Give back and everything. Another ten minutes. You know, this is real quick. But I dimmed the lights, and you know, a lot of people are reaching for Kleenex. You know, I mean, even if your mother's is 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 gone, passed away, uh, you still have a relationship with her, you know. The relationship doesn't end when someone passes away. Huh? And you could still give back okay, by how you live your life. Um, there's a transformation that's possible. Okay, I was amazed at, you know, the, the impact with this short thing Gee, I wonder how a, you know, more full-blown type of retreat. And then I thought about the encounter groups. Now, here you're getting into a little bit, well, maybe a kind of a controversial aspect where if you don't have a good trained leader uh, because you're dealing with negative emotions and there's some unstable people, uh, participants, and there was a there was then I was reminded of that there was a Buddhist Dodoshinshu minister named Reverend Hagudi, long time passed away now, from Japan. He came to the BCA and he uh, was active in a lot of California temples. And he was at Fresno for a number of years, way before my time. Uh, but he had what what could be called a Hagudi method. He's very unique. And what he would do is sort of like a, maybe kind of like a Catholic confession technique. Uh, And sort of like an encounter group technique too. Sort of like Fritz Perls, if you know Gestalt therapy, Fritz Perls had this kind of method where he had a hot seat. And, and and a small group small group method where person in the hot seat you know is subjected to extreme honesty in emotional expression. But here's how good he method. He utilizes family. He goes into the home, and of course the family and every participants all agree. They know what's going on. It's, you know, it's not an ambush or a surprise. Um, and so let's say one family member, say it's uncle, you know, uncle Henry, uh, that's what it reminded me of when in the Dharma glimpse, uh, he, the family members question uncle Henry and, uh, He, to break him down, says, you know, you know, maybe the children say, Dad, you know, uh, <laughs> this and this and this. You talk mean a lot of times or something. Or you you don't treat mom. Okay. And then, I mean, who knows better the sore points than family members? Huh? And he has, you know, they... He's he's in the middle of the circle. I don't know if they really did you know, did that physically, but there's no escape. 
it's relentless to where you say, oh, geez, I, I guess I never really thought about it I, or I took this for granted or whatever. And I'm sort of giving a personal accounting of a relative here, okay, of the story I heard, okay. And I remember my cousins, who's my age, they, 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 and they were children when this happened, you know, young children. They said, and uh, said, oh, Uncle, Uncle Henry, something happened last night with Uncle Henry. I mean, you know, these children, they knew something big happened. There was just some kind of transformation. They didn't, they didn't know exactly, but, okay. Uh, and uh, uh, I wonder, you know, this kind of a uh, confession method uh, is, uh, you can imagine how, how, why it's kind of controversial. Um, and of course, encounter groups was more extreme too, where the purpose is to bring up all those negative emotions in a supportive, I mean, it's your family atmosphere. Okay. Um, maybe sometimes it's easier with strangers to bury your soul or whatever. Huh? Um, I know that there was, I read this someplace, so I guess, I guess it must be accurate, but there was one of the encounter group uh, workshop retreats that held at Esalen near Big Sur. So maybe it's kind of the California scene, you know, in the 60s that uh, he he was known for, you have a small group of people, and if you're going to really bond and and be honest, he said, first thing, everyone take off your clothes. I mean, if you want to talk about getting rid of inhibitions, you know, getting na- physically naked uh, is a dramatic commitment or, or decision. Or and now, are you going to share honest emotions? <laughs> well, if you got naked, I can't imagine these kinds of encounter groups and the kind of dangers that that might pose, but. Your inner teacher, you yourself, the individual, him or herself, knows when he's a fake, when he's a facade, this and that. Not like a falling leaf showing front and showing back. What is your back porch like? We know what your front door and front porch looks like. You take as good care of your back porch when no one's going to see it in terms of when visitors come or, you know, that's the only time we vacuum and clean the house, isn't it? <laughs> when company's coming, you know, all these things, uh, where's the naturalness? Can we, well, you you could see where uh, transformation, you know, wow, that's how has to has to be genuine and I think we all have an inner teacher. Okay, not to talk about inner child, inner teacher, you know, uh inner parent or whatever and those kind of psychological dynamics of different approaches and things, but uh taking away that social type of work retreat workshop or Hagudi method or, you know, encounter groups or a revival type of a thing, you know. 
to the extent when we're all alone, our own single private individual retreat, solitary thing, come face to face with oneself and and uh, challenge oneself. Your inner teacher can say, hey, show me something. Can you walk the walk? Okay, talking to yourself. Huh? I think uh, anything that promotes this. And it and if it's not something, well, I don't know if you want to call it negative, but an emotional type of an experience, then you're probably you're probably just going through some kind of motions, okay. But you will never, uh, uh, nothing will arise from your from your subconscious if you want to put it that way, that you can't handle. You produced it. Okay? Sometimes I think people are kind of, you know, so oh, something might come up and, uh, oh, you know. I think, you know, you'll never bring something up for yourself that you can't handle. And you have to have that open attitude to yourself. But this is something that I often thought about, and I don't know how to how to uh, uh, take another step on this in terms of, you know, uh, incorporation for myself, or if I find something some way valuable for myself, how to share it and things like this. But these are all things that, sort of triggered off associations and memories uh, that I had when I listened to today's Dharma Glimpse and um, something to think about. So that's all for today's broadcast. Till next time, keep going, and you have a wonderful day. Thank you. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.